Hi guys, welcome back to Let's Talk Ethnic. So we are back with a bang with season two and we're better than ever. So before we get started and get straight into it, um, I just want to say if you haven't listened to season one yet, you can go back and listen to the four episodes now um, where we talk about things like uh, women in the workplace, immigration, migration and institutional racism. So yes, definitely worth a listen. And we all want to thank you for the feedback and the love um, that we've got for season one, considering that we're a new podcast, we've got a lot of love. Um, love and feedback from everyone so again thank you very much so yeah with season two we thought we'd um, obviously all of our issues that we talk about are very prevalent to our community that diaspora community and especially with young people too so we thought why not speak about something that is um, that is definitely affecting the youth and the young people of today and that is the topic of crime so we thought that is definitely something that we should speak about early on because it's something that is spoken about a lot in the media and obviously amongst ourselves. Because I know us guys, like we talk about it a lot, don't we? Like yeah. the you know how crimes affecting our communities and everything like that. And obviously mm-hmm. we all know people personally or maybe in the communities that have been um, unfortunately affected by it, whether they're involved in it themselves or whether they're victims of it. So, yeah, it's definitely something that needs to be spoken on. So, you know, I'm glad that this is, uh, we're starting season two with this. Um, so let's get straight into it, guys. Yeah, um, This first episode to start the season off is um, going to be about the criminal justice system. And the question we're going to be looking more into is, are you born guilty? So let's talk about it. So if you're of colour, are you guilty um, from birth? What would you guys say? It's not new news that BAME communities are overrepresented in the criminal justice system. I think um, it does probably start from a lot earlier on. I mean, if, um, you know, youths are being stopped and searched, it makes them think, like, why I haven't done anything wrong? Am I guilty? Do I look guilty? Is it the way I look? Is it the way I'm dressed? as to why I'm being stopped and searched. So that does come at an early age. Um, You know, you see people as young as like 14, 15, 16 being stopped and searched. So if that's what is being put in their head from early on, then, you know, that raises the question, you know, am I born a criminal? Am I not? You know, am I born guilty? But in reference to the actual question, some people may look at it as, you know, if you have your average white man, he may look at um, you know, a 13, 14-year-old black boy um, and see the way he's dressed or the way he's carrying himself and think, you know, that is a criminal. So if this is embedded early on from, you know, from a young age, whether it's in school, whether it's, you know, by peers, then, you know, that's when these users start to question themselves and think, you know, am I born a criminal? Am I not? But, um, yeah, Nurshan, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I think, I think... There is a over over representation of same communities in 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 the prison population. That is just a fact. Um, if you look at uh, statistics across prisons uh, in the UK, um, being and being young people are more likely to get uh, higher sentences, more likely mm. to be sentenced, and more likely to end up in prison. And one of the things that highlighted this was a report by an MP called uh, David Lamy, who looked at um, 
the justice system and racial disparity within that. Um, mm-hmm. He did some analysis on this. So he talked about how in the year ending in 2017, 45% of children sentenced to con- uh, custody were being, even though the pop- population in the UK is much lower than that percentage. And uh, you can see it from that BAME young people were 22% compared to 17% white people mm. uh, were more likely to end up in prison as well. I think there's, there's still, uh, there's this massive disparity still. And that report from that MP highlighted it, that you can see the criminal justice system being made in a way that could be um, disproportionately affecting uh, BAME young people. And there's lots of reasons for this. And I think it's it's good to explore uh, those reasons, but we, we mustn't forget individual responsibility as well, I think. Um, it's important to think of both things, but we, we still have to look at the criminal justice system as something that needs reform and needs reform really soon. But yeah, I think we, we definitely have a lot of work to do. Um, a lot of people definitely from the Crown Prosecution Service to the police, to the courts. There's a lot of work that needs to be done to make sure that not only there's representation in each of those fields, but making sure that whatever uh, justice is carried out is fair and uh, just to all communities and not being targeted at one. I feel like to answer that question, um, the short answer would, I, I just feel like it's a no for me. But I do feel like you're not born guilty. You're not. But I feel like you can be raised in circumstances um, which are different to others that can lead you um, down that guilty route. But I just, I feel like even if you're born into a criminal family, it's harder. It's harder for you to um, maybe avoid it but i just don't feel like you're born guilty because there are millions probably even billions of people who have been literally raised in communities that are bad in families that are um, in criminal families in criminal communities but they've managed to kind of like break the like the cycle yeah and they've not chosen that route so i don't feel like you're born guilty but i really genuinely do believe it and i with my degree, I study sociology, so it's literally a fact that if you are raised in that kind of community, you're most like you're more likely to go down that route. But I do believe that you can break, like I said, break that cycle and choose a different route. But yeah, like I said, it's much more difficult. But in the eyes of society, unfortunately, I feel like yeah, if you are a person of color, unfortunately, you probably are thought to go down that criminal route that's just how society has been for so many years and obviously yeah. like we're all trying to change that now especially our generation but um again you know like with the criminal justice system it is like Nershan said it needs so much reform and that's it plays such a big part in BAME communities especially as well um and it is a to be honest it is a fact whether it's written or not we all know it. we're part of that community that our community is looked at and for even though it's it's not a fact, but by people like people outside of our community, they do believe, oh, our communities are more likely to do this, our communities yeah. are more likely to do that. But they never think about the circumstance, circumstances, the causes. You know, there's so many causes and circumstances. Poverty is one of the main ones. Yeah. And lack of facilities and services for our young people, which obviously we'll speak on. But 
those are like just some of the things that cause people to go down this route. But obviously, that's never thought about, is it? So it's just what the end, what the um, the end result is, which is um, prison or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I think um, what what I think there's a lot of things uh, at play here, and I think um, I think sometimes a lot of people in the media narrative, not just here, and it ha- happens. Uh, globally is when when we are asked to think of what does a criminal or an offender look like there's people lots still have lots of biases and describe them um as you know someone from a being community someone's black who's more likely to end up because that's what they're used to seeing yeah. from that media front and i think in order to make sure uh, we stop thinking like that i think it comes back from what we talked about in season one is that internal bias and prejudice prejudice that people have and that I'm talking about all people here. Everyone mm. has um, that. And it's about making sure you recognize and identify those biases because no one no one can say they don't have a bias. Everyone does. And it's about making sure you identify those, uh, challenge those, and have a, a conversation around that to make sure you're aware fully on when you're looking at certain people, what they are. And I think another problem with the racial disparity in prisons and the criminal justice system and the problems we see. I mean, part of it is that when you go to the court, you will hardly ever see a representation from the lawyers to the judges to um, anyone working in that sector, a lot of people from being communities. And I think a lot of work needs to be done to make sure we improve representation of judges, uh, crime prosecution, um, solicitors and prosecutors, and, and the police force as well. I mean, police has done um, uh, quite good work in making sure they get more people from being communities in those fields. But I think a lot still needs to be done in the courts um, and the criminal justice system because until uh, we can see more representations, hard to reflect um, the communities that we serve. So there's a massive um, problem with representation, but I think we are moving towards it because it takes years of experience for judges for lawyers to become judges, and I think we are moving towards that. And I think another problem with that is that criminal justice system is set up in a way still where there's lots of different um, uh, things at play and that can influence your decision. And I think it's about making sure we're aware and doing everything we can to tackle that. Because as we said, there is a racial disparity. For some reason, being young people are more likely to get sentenced and get higher sentences still. Does that mean um, the justice system in itself is biased and uh, prejudiced? I don't think so. And I, I think it's individual factors at play. I think it's because we don't have representation there that these yeah. things happen. But also that we're not talking about those conversations in a way to tackle them. And I think if if we're towards to move to a more fair and equal justice system, that's what needs to happen. I mean, our justice system is still one of the most highly respected and highly viewed across the globe and has the most trust across the globe mm-hmm. in terms of carrying out justice and being impartial. So we mustn't forget that that is true, that you can't deny our justice system is a very much uh, forward compared to others, but still, there still needs to be a lot of work done. Yeah, I think, um, like you said, representation is key both in both aspects. Um there's over-representation of being young people or just being people altogether in the criminal justice system. 
and then there's the whole other side of it where there's underrepresentation in the um, employment side of things, like you said. And I was um, looking at something about that as well. And it's kind of like a cycle. So if, you know, you've got a whole, um, you know, the judge, the police force and everybody who's, say, for example, working on a case of, a, you know, a youth who's of colour, um, chances are there will be that bias there because they haven't got, you know, people around them or representing them actually, who are, you know, from their community or who understand, who, you know, have the same, you know, sort of background as them. So that's that whole other side of things as well. Um, but it's sad because, you know, we are raising this question now, are you born guilty? It's, it's sad that that's even a question that we're asking, but we can't deny that, um, you know, it is a thing, like Samia said, short answer no you're not born a criminal but if it's embedded into that you know that child from early on this is the lifestyle that you're going to live you know based on the area you live and you know because you're from a certain area in your community then you're gonna have some sort of you know criminal background when you're older and stuff like that and that is the case in most communities we, like you know we can't deny that or if you have an innocent person chances are They'll be told that, you know, people from your community are criminals, you know, they do this, they do that. So if it's in their mind from early on, then that's the mindset that they're going to grow up with. And there are people who do break that sort of cycle, which is great. Like you see people who've come from near enough nothing and, you know, now that they're now they're in a high position, whether that's, you know, in employment or just in general... Uh, yeah, no, I think, um, Nira, uh, you're right. And I think if we look at um, the criminal justice system and the process as the whole, I mean, our question at the beginning was, are you born guilty? Of course you're not. I think what we're trying to say is if you're from certain communities and you're, if you're from a certain background, you're more likely to end up um, in, in custody and in prison than others. Like that, that's just true. But I think lots of different factors are at play here and and not one of them is race. And we have to make that clear. We have to make sure that if you have a certain ethnic background, does that, 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 that doesn't mean that makes you more likely to commit crime. No, it doesn't. It means that um, once, if you are from that background and you do end up in a position where you're in front of potentially going to prison, you're more likely to get sentenced and end up in the criminal justice system. But I think a lot of people, especially those that are quite um, having tackled their own prejudice that, uh, and bias. They think oh, black people always commit this crime. They're involved in gangs. They're involved in that. It's not true at all. I think they they're putting the m most important factor in race, but it's not. And I think it's clear uh, from what we talked about. Even though we know lots of people and lots of communities still have that distrust within the police and other agencies, race has nothing to do with it. I think, um, and it's important. Uh, Lots of people are aware of that what when race ha does have a play is when people do get involved in the criminal justice system. For some reason, they're getting higher sentences, more likely to end up in prison, more likely to be stopped and searched, whatever it is. And I think it's making sure we identify where there's a disparity and looking at why that is. And I think uh, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. But also, we live um, in the UK in a society where a lot of emphasis is put on high sentences should deter people from crime. But I think it's shown over the past 10 years with the rise of uh, knife crime and antisocial behavior, young people are ex 
uh, especially being exploited to do uh, get involved in certain types of crime. I think mm. we have to look at different approaches to make sure uh, uh, that we're tackling uh, people getting into crime uh, in the first place. I think a lot of more time and conversation needs to happen to talk about what preventative measures could be put in place to make sure no one gets involved in that in the first place because not enough is done there rather than talking about what we can do to reform the criminal justice system. That is true, we need to do that. Mm-hmm. More needs to be done in that preventative side of things as well because until we do that, we're not going to ever tackle the root problem or root cause of these issues. And I think it's true for many of our communities where lots of things have been cut down, the lack of opportunity we talked about in the last episode and that feeling of not being fully um, included and feeling as you're part of um, the UK and part of the UK society where you can mm. contribute. When people start to not think that they don't matter is when that problem could become really serious and it's it's important that we talk about preventative measures but I think it's just making sure we have representation and tackle bias and prejudice and looking at disparity whatever that is yeah 100% I think as well the main thing obviously is the more diversity there is in the criminal justice system obviously with the judges and things like that um, there's more understanding of people from an ethnic background their socioeconomic positions and things like that and understanding things like that does really help obviously Mm. um how people are sentenced and things like that. And I think that's, you know, a way that definitely can help to reform the system. But, you know, what do I know? But, um, yeah, let's flip the script a little bit. What, what, obviously, we know why a lot of people from Bain communities don't trust uh, the criminal justice system. What about people who are victims? Why don't they have trust in the criminal justice system? I think, yeah, no, Sam... It's important uh, we talk about from the victim side as well. I know we talked about offenders, the prison and criminal justice system. We already know there's overrepresentation in those. Uh, and talking about why that could be, I mean, there are lots of reasons given. From the victim side, I think, and from people who are not victims or witnesses, especially, we know for a fact there's still a lot of distrust uh, between mm-hmm. communities and agencies, and especially the police. And I think it's because, of, of course, of previous bad experiences and the total lack of um, accountability. Again, there's still that problem of reporting a crime, something, an outcome coming of it. And we have conversations where, when that happens, um, people are saying, oh, what, what is the point of reporting crime? And I think mm. it's hard to break that barrier down. But also, people and victims that do report a crime, uh, do go through the process, do have a problem with especially lots of families who had uh, some some of their uh, family murdered or some of their family uh, victim of certain types of crime where yeah. they have experiences where it's really re-traumatizing them i think when police and other um, um, people who work in those in the criminal justice system in, in terms of the courts the witness service and i think when they talk to the people they don't quite understand where they're coming from. And there's a lot of different barriers there. And I think, as we said previously, it's to do with representation. We need to educate the criminal justice system and agencies working within crime more on how to talk to these communities and have that open dialogue. 
and also making sure you don't re-traumatize anyone when talking about these experiences because once you have a bad experience it's really hard for to gain that trust back but yeah i think it's a lot of work still needs to be done to make sure communities are heard and represented represented not just in the grassroots level but in senior levels as well yeah i think um in terms of distrust you're right a lot of it does stem from bad experiences um whether that's through stop and search because obviously we know you know majority of the um youths that do get stopped doing stop and search um are from a BAME community you know mainly because of how they may be dressed or how they may be acting or them they might look suspicious that's you know chances are that it will be someone from BAME community that is stopped um and I think another thing is um even if it is isn't through bad experiences um, if you know of someone who's had a bad experience or you've heard this and you heard that, you'd probably be less likely to go to the police because you'll think, you know, they'll probably mistreat me or they they won't, you know, help me with the issue that I've got, whether, whether it's something that um, is a police matter that can be resolved. There's a lot of distrust there. And I think it will take some time for that trust to be built back between um youth and the um criminal justice system whether that's with police whether that's with anyone anyone who has some sort of um involvement in that um and i think especially now with what's going on you know we've touched on it quite a lot um in season one with the black lives matter movement as well and police brutality and things like that that's a whole other aspect of it as well where that distrust um can come from so i think it will take some time now for that trust to be built back up like i said you know, with the police brutality thing, if we just touch on that, like, it's been going on for so many years that it's inevitable that there's going to be a remaining distrust to this day because it's still going on, whether people want to, you know, some people want to acknowledge it or not. It's still going on. And I think because BAME communities are treated unfairly by so many institutions, which we spoke about in season one, they are. And then this... um institution treats them even more unfairly in terms of not taking them seriously when they report in and things like that i just feel like it's going to remain there's so much that really really needs to be done mm. but i also feel like a lot just don't feel like victims just don't feel like the police are going to protect them um i'm gonna pick up a bit on like you know how there's that no snitch code yeah so the no snitch code i feel like People people fear that more than, you know, telling the truth to the police or coming out to the police. So if there's something in society that you're more afraid of than the people who are supposed to protect you, there's obviously a reason why. And it's obviously because previously the police haven't protected people who shouldn't be speaking out against this and shouldn't be speaking out against that and reporting what's happened to them when they should because they're obviously supposed to be there to protect you. But if you don't feel protected and other people haven't feel protected in the past, of course you're going to fear this concept in society more than um, those who are saying they're going to protect you but they don't so mm. i feel like there's so many elements like societal elements as well that play a factor in why people don't trust police and like i said it's just happened over so long that it's just remained to this day and i just you know how i don't know how long it's going to last for but i just feel like yeah like we said before if the reform needs to happen otherwise this distrust is going to last and you know people can't say oh why don't people trust the police if they're doing their job if they haven't experienced 
had a bad experience basically with the um, with that institution. If they haven't had a bad experience, you're not going to know why people don't trust the police. Yeah. So those yeah, are I, I, those who have had a bad experience, they're the ones who need to participate um, even more. Unfortunately, um, with helping the reform and speaking out against it, and uh, sorry, speaking for the reform. Yeah. I, I... I'm completely with you. I think um, that I'm just going to briefly talk about the no snitch code thing. And I think you see that a lot. I mean, when we were growing up, that was quite a big um, deal where no one should report to the police or talk to them or any dialogue. And I think it's hard, especially for young people in that area to um, be able to say, I need to report this or I need to make sure none of my friends get in Mm. trouble or whatever it is, because they have this fear that if they report it, they might get in trouble themselves. I, I see that a lot. And I think it's making sure we give a young people the resilience and confidence to be able to report, because it's important that we do. And we also have this open and um, transparent dialogue with the police and anyone in those agencies where there's a lot of accountability involved. If certain things do happen, um, we know um, that we can raise it and our complaints will be heard seriously. Or if you had any issues, that there's an open conversation about that. I think that needs to happen. But we definitely need to make sure um, communities uh, trust that are built more, and we give people the resilience and confidence enough to be able to report things. Because until we report uh, uh, things that are happening, those problems might carry on ha- um, happening in the community. But we need to still look at the root cause and think of preventative measures rather than start to think of our report and we'll tackle it by mm. higher sentences or whatever it is that, that conversation needs to flip to talk more about preventative measures um i do want to make clear that us three are not experts in this field whatsoever i mean we're talking from our own personal experiences from talking to people um with a lot of work that we do uh, as part of the community and other things that uh, we are involved with but we're not experts at all in this field we did a, we do wider reading and have lots of conversations but if you did want to find out more about this please do educate yourself and i think and for the reasons why i think one a great place to start to talk about racial disparity within the criminal justice system is to look at that report from david lammy um it, it's titled tackling racial disparity and if you look at that report it goes into detail about the numbers and statistics and the reasons and recommendations on criminal justice reform, uh, why there is such a racial disparity. So I do highly recommend you read that to educate yourself and better understand the problems. Yeah, so that's bringing us to the end of our episode, guys. And I just want to end on a positive note, because obviously this episode is quite, you know, it's quite a deep topic and um, it affects so many people. So I just want to say, I just want to remind everyone, like what we've spoken about, I feel like everyone just needs to remember, you know, this may go to someone's ears who really needs it, but that cycle can be broken. The cycle that we spoke about in the beginning, it can be broken. But yeah, that brings us to the end of the episode. I really hope you guys enjoyed it. Like I said, it's first season, uh, sorry, first episode of season two, and we've got some amazing episodes coming up. Um, we're going to have some interviews with some um, amazing guests. And yeah, so uh, next week's episode... Um, episode two will be on youth work and we'll talk about things like governmental um, cuts um, and how, you know, the lack of services for youth and how it's affecting our young people. But yeah, that's going to be a good episode. We're going to have a little surprise guest, which we will let you know 
who that is um, but you're gonna love them <laughs> but yeah that's it for this episode we'll speak to you next week bye bye